0: That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: welcome.
0: Hey, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for taking time today and joining me. It's so great of to course. see you. Of course. Thanks face. for having me.
0: Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. Well,
1: where are you at? I think you're okay right now.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I'm here in uh, Teposlan, Mexico at our retreat center.
1: Ah, uh, One of my favorite places on earth. It's so beautiful there. It's
0: the best. Yeah, monkeys everywhere. It's,
1: it's a portal. It's a pyramid. Definitely a portal. <laughs> so many things. Yep. Yeah, so I'm it. really excited to have you here because I have so many questions about the world that you work in, which is 5MEO and psychedelics and healing. And just, I have a world of questions and I'm sure our audience will be excited to hear your knowledge. You've been speaking on these topics for how long?
0: I have no idea at this point. Um, probably at least around six or seven years specifically in on this particular medicine.
1: So when we met, we've known each other at least eight, ten, probably years. When we met, yeah. I feel like you were coming fresh off some islands. You had like a super tan. You were a new yoga teacher to Miami. That's how we met via a friend who owned the studio. and your energy was amazing. I loved doing your classes. And then, You were a bartender for a little bit, you worked with Gabe, my fiance's company, and then you started working with 5MEO. And I'm just so curious like how that evolution happened. Well, first of all, let's back up. (laughs) How did you get to Miami and where are you even from? You bartended for like another four years in LA and then you went on to...
0: Yeah, after LA, um, then I just went full-time and working with medicine. And uh, working in the holistic space, you know, I'd kind of been doing both for a long time. And uh, it was time to kind of transition over fully. So I started, you know, I'd been hosting retreats now at this point for about 12 years. And uh, so I switched over with, to just kind of
1: were they always with psychedelics or they were yoga? No, retreats no. Before, for the right? first
0: first about six years, they were yoga and meditation retreats. Yeah. And then about six or seven years ago, started incorporating medicine into them.
1: And how did you and, get uh, into the medicine work?
0: Oh, man, you know, in the 90s, I was really into psychedelics, really, uh, really deeply intrigued in the states of consciousness they would help us kind of slip into. Um, and then when I was reintroduced to them, it, you know, I saw them as this amazingly powerful key to, uh, to really unlock the deepest parts of ourselves and really dive deep into our own ocean. And uh, I got to study under some amazing curanderos in Peru. Um, in Australia, a Peruvian one who was coming to Australia when I was living there. Um, When I was living back in the Virgin Islands, there was um, one coming from Puerto Rico that I was studying with for a while. And, you know, and then uh, when I started kind of ceremonially serving, it was, I was using the context of yogic philosophy and I was Mm -hmm. using meditation and pranayama, you know, breath work to help guide people into the state first and get them them prepared. Um, And so it kind of just naturally formed its own setting. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned before, I was, got to study under some amazing five MEO DMT practitioners, um, on the West coast and it was just absolutely phenomenal.
1: So you just mentioned set let's, and we'll, we'll get back to like, there's so many things I want to talk about, but I really want to talk about set setting and integration um yeah. you're sitting right now in one of your retreat centers, but I think it's incredible you kind of came from a space holding space <laughs> before mm-hmm. you started holding space for medicine. Um, because my first experiences with psychedelics that were not recreational, that were in formal settings, Peyote and Ayahuasca in yeah. particular, they were these amazing, very contained, I would say safe circles with shamans that have been passed down through many lineages. But there was no um, preparation into the process, nor was there a lot of integration after the process. So the setting was great. But I didn't even know really what integration meant or was until really the last few years. So if you could talk about set setting, and maybe even in in like in a container versus recreational, what that's like, and then integration process.
0: You know, when it comes to working with powerful psychedelics and entheogens, a container is very necessary, and a container is essentially the theoretical space that holds the participant and allows them to safely unfold. So, a container includes everything from preparation through to integration, and integration is really how we make successful use out of these tools. You know, without the integration process, use of entheogens and psychedelics is just peak peak experience that kind Mm -hmm. of fades away. It takes some active work to really draw meaning into your daily life, Mm -hmm. to really draw the experience into some form that can take life-changing effects. And so, integration really looks different for each person, um, but we find that really integration begins with preparation Mm -hmm. and um, preparing people for what may come up, seeing what Hindrances they may experience on their journey, or what mal- may, what challenges may come up, be really beginning that path of self inquiry, and uh, and then carrying that through. It really takes creating a space where participants feel safe, where participants feel okay to safely unfold and let go. Um, that's really what the container is, and the container really begins at first contact when you first speak with a participant. You know, establishing that communication, establishing that base of trust. Um, so when the time comes for their experience, they feel safe to let it all go. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as we know with 5-MeO-DMT, the peak experience is a complete loss or complete dissolution of individual self. So it is a death and rebirth process. But, you know, in that final moment before full dissolution, the last thing the mind thinks is, am I in a safe place to completely lose control? Am I in a safe place to relinquish and uh, let go of everything that is familiar? And if we haven't taken the steps to really, allow them to feel safe, then that can, you know, that can be followed by quite a challenging experience rather than a nice, uh, smooth ride into the gates of heaven, you know, as we say. And so integration afterwards is so important. We team every participant we have up with one of our integration specialists from our team that works with them for four weeks after the retreat. And, uh, integration is going to look different for each person. Some people, you know, are here on a spiritual journey and, uh, and really looking to unfold into deeper layers of self and to experience that ecstatic divine union. And so they're best served with an integration specialist with some sort of background in spirituality, whether it be yoga, Buddhism, Hermeticism, anything like that. These days, a lot of people that come to us are people who are suffering deeply and have less interest in the spiritual aspect and more interest on how this can help them relieve severe depression or, you know, extreme anxiety, PTSD, etc. And these people are better Mm -hmm. served by an integration specialist who has a background in Western psychotherapy, um, trauma therapy, things like that. So, you know, integration can look like anything from, you know, breath work and getting your feet in the earth and, you know, good wholesome food to active journaling and working with the psychotherapist, um, finding meaning and drawing meaning from the experience um, and diving deep into traumas, etc., but it's really where we get the juice out of the whole
1: thing. Yeah. And I want to back up for people. So your company is called, is called Tendava retreats and you have how many retreat centers?
0: Right now we have our flagship center here in Mexico and we have another center opening in Costa Rica, January of next year. So January of 2023.
1: So exciting. Congratulations. I can't wait thank to you, personally come visit. Cause I've actually never experienced. Yeah. Um, So let's, yeah, let's back up and tell people what 5-MeO is, how long it lasts and what the effect and the experiences and how it's different from what we typically know as DMT.
0: Absolutely. So 5-MeO-DMT or 5-methoxy-DMT has earned the nickname of the God molecule, whereas DMT, they call the spirit molecule. And quite often people think they're related, though they are chemically related. The experience is vastly different and actually in no way alike and really any way other than they're both short acting tryptamines that work with a 5H2A serotonin receptor. So as we know with DMT, which is NMDMT, DMT itself lasts, you know, five to 10 minutes. 5-MeO DMT is an average of 15 to 45 minutes. And uh, the big difference oh, is, so th- these you know, are with, DMT, short experiences. with yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, life lasting change, you know, with DMT, it's a very psychedelic, very visual experience. And there is a, you know, a sense of self. We go on an adventure. We go on a journey with 5MEO DMT. It is a complete dissolution of the individual self, which then allows our awareness to merge with infinite consciousness or pure broadband awareness. So, in that, there is no subject-object relationship. There is no sense of self. There is not even a dialogue to say, wow, this is crazy or wow, this is beautiful. It is because, you know, thoughts would infer separation. This is pure, absolute unity to where there is no thought. There is no mind. There is no individual self. There is just pure everything and nothing at the same time for infinity.
1: So, not uh, not total non-attachment. It's quite an impossible...
0: Total non-duality. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a very difficult state to describe because it is ineffable by nature. You know, this uh, this state of consciousness is something that was sought after in every religion and every spiritual practice for millennia upon millennia. It's what the yogis called nirvikalpa samadhi, what the Buddhists called nirvana, what the, you know, in Islam, they called it fitra or fena. Christians and Catholics call it the beatific vision. You know, it is that surrendering of the individual self to remember ourselves as the infinite. So it's quite a a profound experience. And, you know, definitely the most profound and intense uh, psychedelic known to man.
1: So how does this how do these experiences reshape people's worldview and reflection of self and internal dialogue and traumas?
0: Well, that all depends on the integration. But, um, you know, By nature, humans are generally suffering. You know, there's the Buddhist concept of dukkha, life is suffering. It doesn't mean that life is so awful that we're all suffering. It just means that by nature, the mind, which, you know, the mind and the ego give us the experience of being a separate individual human. But by nature, that means that they are drawing us into separation. And so many humans these days are suffering from feeling separate, from feeling unworthy, from feeling less than. And we can read all day about how we're all connected and yada, yada, but to have a palpable real experience of our true wholeness, to have an experience of pure, mm-hmm. unconditional love to such an infinite level that it can't be denied by any cell in our body is, uh, is something very different. And, you know, going through this death and rebirth experience, you know, the, in the death experience, in the dissolution process, we might fight to hold on. We may have fear that we're never going to come back. But then, when we surrender to that fear, when we let go and release all control, it is the most liberating thing I can possibly imagine and uh, you know what's on the other side of that is that grand mystical unknowable experience that is this ancient truth that is infinite and yet still unknowable at the same time, but it upon return to the individual self, we have this reassurance that we are so much more than our minds and we are so much more than our suffering it you know essentially gives us a bird's eye view of everything and makes our suffering seem so small mm-hmm. and uh so workable and so you know this experience is extremely cathartic because in the process of dissolution there has to be this big cathartic release to where we're letting go of everything and so working down into a genetic level we're literally just releasing, whether it be traumas, whether it be patterning, whether it be anything that is holding us back from remembering our connectivity, from remembering, from remembering our wholeness, will be kind of purged from the body, at mm-hmm. least temporarily. And this catharsis can happen through pure vibration. We see a lot of participants go into wild vibration that uh, when it's happening, it's extremely pleasurable. But, you know, it's literally releasing um, stuck emotion and trauma from the connective tissue, from the fascia. Um, Sometimes it happens via actual purging where nothing actually really comes out, you know, generally because we're fasting before, but more of an energetic purge. It can come out via primal screaming, via a really deep cry. You know, a lot of different ways we have to release. Our bodies know how to heal naturally. We just have to get out of the way. And when we do something that gets the mind out of the way, our bodies naturally go into a healing process. And then during the integration period, we get to witness our patternings coming back as we had a momentary respite from our own individual story. We get to witness them as they come back and we get to take an observational stance so we can see them as they come back and really deal with them bit by bit, understand where the patternings come from, deal with those initial issues you know get to the seed get to the root of our issues and and pluck the weed from its base rather than just cutting it off at the top so it comes back
1: god that's so exciting like it's so exciting to live in a time where there's research and and like a new perception around how this can impact and affect people's mental health and emotional state and spiritual state and there's beginning to be a you know movement and an opening and an awakening Um, it's just these, obviously these medicines have been around for centuries and been used by indigenous peoples. And which brings me to like, you know, I, I noticed that you guys use synthetic and is there a reason that you're using synthetic 5-EMO versus the naturally occurring? And if you can just explain to me where it naturally occurs and the use of the synthetic
0: Absolutely. Um, So we use synthetic for quite a few different reasons. Um, So it is naturally found in a few different areas, a few different uh, plants, though the extraction is quite difficult. Um, And so it is mainly found in the secretion of the Bufo alvarius toad or the Sonoran desert toad. And with this, interestingly enough, there is actually not an ancient indigenous use of a history of use of this medicine. This is a very new medicine, um, only about 35 or so years ago. Um, it was kind of discovered by a guy named uh, Ken Nelson. Uh, I believe he was from Arizona. I can't remember where exactly he was from, but uh, he, he found that there was 5-MEO in the secretion. He went out to the desert, milked some toads himself, and uh, tried it for quite possibly the first time in history.
1: That's and then so wrote exciting! I had it. no idea.
0: Yeah, and then so it was really less than a decade ago that these medicine that this medicine was introduced to the tribes in the Seri tribe, the Yaqui tribe, and different. Uh, different natives in the Sonoran desert. Um, and now it's become definitely a, um, a very widespread medicine, but, um, you know, why we use synthetic rather is this medicine is becoming very, very popular and is just not sustainable at all to try and only use the secretion of the toad. Now toads are being over milked. They're being robbed of their defense mechanisms. So they're more vulnerable to predators. Um, it's affecting Mm -hmm. a lot of their different, uh, uh, a lot of the a lot of the population they're being taken out of their homes. Um, they're being people are handling them without using gloves and spreading this chytrid fungus that's being spread in the toad population. Um, and so, one just that ethical reason. There's no reason to harm the toad. The pure molecule is just as effective. It is the exact same experience, um, and also it's safer. The bufo secretion has a few other alkaloids that are present, some of which are known to be cardiotoxic. We work with a lot of elderly participants. It's good to keep them as safe as humanly possible. And then dosage specificity. We like to know exactly how much we're giving you. With the toad secretion, it might be 10% 5-MeO DMT. It might be 30%. And this may vary within the, within a single batch. Um, and so if we're trying to give someone a medium dose and really work into a specific issue, and we accidentally give them a full whiteout dose, it's kind of counterintuitive and, uh, and can really impede progress. So, we really like to be exact and as uh, mm-hmm. safe as humanly possible.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's an amazing thing that we can synth- synthesize this. Um, yeah. What? So, walk me through, like, if we, if I, when I go, when, let's put this into the right wordage. When I go to the retreat center, walk me through my experience. Are they, I think it's three to five day experiences, right? What will that so we do four be we like on a day-to-day day. basis? Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, first your experience would start when you sign up. So when you sign up, um, you're given a, a, a mental, physical, psychological screening and intake form. You fill that out. That lets us know that you are safe to work with this medicine, that there's no contraindicating medications, no contraindicating psychological conditions, no way that we may inadvertently harm you with this medicine when you're coming for the exact opposite of being harmed. <laughs> Um, then you also receive a little saliva swab from halogen labs who we've partnered with. And you just do this little swab and it goes into a prepackaged envelope, goes right back to their lab. We get to know if you have any propensity towards serotonin syndrome. Um, we get to know if you have a sensitivity towards serotonin agonist psychedelics. We get to know if there's anything close to a psychotic break or a schizophrenic fit in the horizons that gives us another added layer of protection. And then we start your preparation two weeks before you arrive. Um, so you receive a prep packet via email. Um, and this has a bunch more information. It has links to reading material, links to videos you can watch. Um, and then it has journaling prompts and the journaling prompts allow you to start really getting into your system of self inquiry, really starting to dive in to see where we're going to be working into. Um, and we discussed what came up in the journaling prompts on our first zoom call, uh, two weeks before you arrive. And we answer any questions you have, start to ad- address some of the anxieties that are coming up, et cetera. Then we have another call about a week before you come, just getting further into your process. These calls not only allow you to start to really dive in there and see what you know what can be expected, but they allow us to know how to receive you better. They allow us to get to know you and really see how we can hold space for you the best. We don't have just one way of receiving people. We like to speak to participants where they're at in their own journey. There's no need just because I have a background in yoga for me to require you to start stepping into the world of Sanskrit and yogic philosophy. Uh, But really using the languages that make you comfortable and uh, using the lenses that you really resonate with. And, uh, Then on your arrival, you fly into Mexico City. We have a driver pick you up from the airport. We're about a 90-minute drive south of the airport. And you arrive here in this beautiful, beautiful, lush little mountain town. We're surrounded 360 degrees by these breathtaking mountains. You know, there's flowers and butterflies and hummingbirds year-round. It's always spring weather. And it's just perfect. Um, You know, you select your – either you're doing a four-day or a six-day retreat. Four-day retreats have two medicine sessions. Six-day retreats have uh, three medicine sessions. Um, For the first experience, we're going in with the full dose. We're having that full grand mystical experience. And either the next day or two days later, we'll have your second experience. And that's working with multiple rounds of low to medium doses, working into specific intentions. The first experience allows all this stuff to come to the surface, you know, it allows all the patterning to come up to surface, mm-hmm. to be witnessed, everything that needs to be worked on to really come present. And then, so we get surgical on that next ceremony with those lower doses and we really work into specific areas. Um, you know, the rest of the retreat is filled with relaxing, rejuvenating, integrative practices. You know, we start every morning off with morning practice, which is, you know, a bit of light yoga, breath work, and then meditation. We do meditation in the evenings for sunset as well. Every evening, we have integration circles and sharing circles and uh, what we call satsangs, essentially spiritual discourse in an intimate setting where we discuss specific topics. Um, We work with neural feedback protocols as well at the center. Uh, We work with an 8-point EEG uh, headset and uh, essentially using brain entrainment to train the brain to find states of stillness. Um, And then we do one-on-one individual check-ins as well. Um, to aid the integration process. And then it's important that people take personal time. We have journaling prompts up on the board every day. So people can just, you know, take a little corner somewhere and do some journaling. We have a nice big pool, a big hot tub, a Turkish steam sauna, lots of ways to just kind of pamper yourself and, you know, unwind and unfold. The rooms are extra comfy. Um, Nice big beds. The food is delicious. Farm to table. We're working with an amazing organic farm here that's bringing us some of the highest frequency produce I've ever had in my life and um, just overall delicious experience. You know, it's really important to provide a very comfortable, cozy, nourishing setting. So participants can really feel safe to just unfold and dive deep into their process, knowing that they're held. And then after the retreat experience, we team you up, as I mentioned before, with one of our integration specialists. And so they'll work with you for the four weeks after your retreat to continually unpack this experience into your daily life and make sure that you're really getting meaning from it, making sure that you you are able to unpack this ineffable, unknowable experience and draw some life-lasting change from it and really ensure that it shifts the quality of life in the direction that you're seeking rather than it just being a peak experience that kind of fades away like a dream and you need to come back to over and over again. I'd say that would be the the overall gist of how it would go.
1: First of all, sign me up for this retreat. I really can't wait to accept this invitation and come. We have to really block some time after hearing you describe it and really digging into the Mm. website. I cannot wait to come. Um, I've experienced a lot of different kinds of healing modalities and psychedelics, and obviously I was a yoga teacher for a long time, so... I'm versed in the yoga philosophies and I just can't wait to be like wrapped in, in that cocoon and that space and just the value of the integration process before and after sounds incredible. Um, and the facilitators that you've collected. So congratulations and thank you for this contribution to the world. Um, I just want to ask, I've been asking all my guests, like, well, first, yeah, what, What does rebellious reinvention mean to you?
0: Rebellious reinvention. To me, you know, I would say reinventing the way we as humans have lived in relation with both ourselves and our surroundings and recreating ways that we can expand within this world without extracting, you know, when it comes to, you know, regenerative capitalism rather than extractive capitalism, when it comes to how we engage with ourselves, how we engage with others, I would say going against the grain a bit, um, you know, especially as an entrepreneur um, within the psychedelic space, there's a lot of pressure from VCs and other companies to create, you know, these cookie cutter companies that are, you know, for quick acquisition and, um, but just don't have what it takes to make it about the participants to make it safe for participants and effective, but just, um, you know, going, going on a route that allows us to really hold on to our integrity, um, as we create a offering that is for the masses Mm -hmm. while the psychedelic space or psychedelic use, you know, historically hasn't been something that is being created for so many people for, you know, thousands of people. Our center, you know, is built to take thousands of people every year and finding ways to do that to where we can still keep an integrity. And it may mean that uh, that our bottom line doesn't really meet what's going to 10x the return on investment for investors in, you know, two years, but will really allow us to stand out in quality and to really make it continually about what the participant needs because you know, we got into this business, knowing that this medicine can change the world, knowing that this type of work can change everything. So, yeah, I would say that.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I, a little broken up there. But can you share what <laughs> where people can find these retreats where they can find you where they can find educational resources that I know you guys offer? Just give us your handles and your website. And we'll make sure we link it all in the show notes as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, website is TandavaRetreats.com and Tandava is T-A-N-D-A-V-A. Um, we have a plat- an education platform launching this week, actually, called 5, which is 5-M-E-O-D-M-T, Information and Vital Education. Um, and my amazing partner, Victoria, has really been spearheading that project. We've brought together all the pioneers of this medicine from, you know, really offering a well-rounded understanding of this medicine. It's the world's first centralized hub of resources and information around 5-MeO-DMT. Um, then you can find me online um, on social, on Instagram. I'm Joel Briere, um, just with a period in between my first and last name. And uh, mainly on LinkedIn and uh, those fun spaces. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for Costa Rica opening soon. And uh, we hope to see you all down either here or there at some point soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Joel. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so thankful that I get to thank call you. you a friend and get to experience Likewise. what you create in the world and bless you. And thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for having me on.
1: You're welcome. Every week we have a reoccurring segment and I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, things to walk away with, and above and beyond the inspiration of these conversations. The categories are think, read, shop, do, and grab. I will share a few of my favorites this week. Think this week's rebellious perspective. I believe that we're your souls having a human experience. And I'm sure if you're down with this podcast, you've heard that before. But what does that actually mean? Well, probably a lot of things, but I prose a greater inquiry. What does it mean to be a soul? Are we not the sum of a whole? Are we merely here to heal thyself and our own personal karmas, or maybe also affect and reflect back into the quantum field in a variety of ways, none of which equal good or bad, but merely a mirror effect, as below, so above? Maybe we are just an alien experiment. Maybe we are a source, God, materialized. Either way, I know we are not alone. We are not having isolated human experiences. There's a greater collective. So don't go having an existential crisis now over this thought. It's neither here nor there. Just some perspective to remind you that when you heal yourself, you do in fact heal the world. When you attune to the vibration of eternal truths, love, and peace. Along the same lines, I picked out something to read. I believe we have also lived many lifetimes. I don't know if they are linear, like direct incarnation or imprints from the quantum field of connectivity, but traditional psychotherapist Dr. Brian Wise was astonished and skeptical when one of his patients beg- began recalling past life traumas that seemed to hold the key to her recurring nightmares and anxiety attacks. His skepticism was eroded, however, when she began to channel messages from the space between lives, which contained remarkable revelations about Dr. Weiss's own family and his dead son. Using past life therapy, he was able to cure the patient and embark on a new, more meaningful phase in his own career. He documents this all in his book called Many Lives, Many Masters, and the link for that book will be in the show notes. And the last category is do. Do yourself a favor and go book one of Joel's retreats. His retreat center is called Tandava. The website is tandavaretreats.com, where you will explore the deepest realms of your innermost being, address behavioral habits that no longer serve you, and give you the freedom of life that you seek. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tag us on Instagram.